1: It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
2: And hi, everybody. We get you to the end of the week. Ryan Hartman running away with the Open Championship at the halfway point. He's got a five-shot lead. Uh, I released my podcast today talking about the quarterbacks that I have in different tiers in the National Football League. I got Mahomes in his own tier and then uh, several underneath him. And then I had one delusional individual uh, tell me that Dak Prescott is better than Jalen Hurts. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh okay, it's football season and I'm dealing once again with the delusional Dallas Cowboy fans. That happens every single year. All right, something else I wanted to talk about on the show today. And only, only can Phil Mushnick put it as well as anyone talking about the United States women's national soccer team. This is what he wrote in yesterday's New York Post, the last U.S. Women's World Cup soccer team, despite winning it all, also won the widespread condemnation of many Americans for the team's obnoxious center stage behavior from public vulgarities to excessive showboating, U.S. anthem kneeling and mockery of opponents to running up the score 13-0 over Thailand to Captain Megan Rapinoe's relentless all about me in quotation marks leadership. Right-headed Americans and the rest of the world recognize this team as graceless, classless, bad winners. And so US rights holder Fox has responded as modern TV does, as a matter of conditioning then habit. It's selling this year's team for its promise of even more rotten conduct by posing its players five at a time in promos as scowling Nike mean girls. Brilliant marketing. Nobody does it better than Phil Mushnick. He went on and wrote this about Jeff Van Gundy. ESPN had one credible, valued, Broadcast 18. Mike Breen, Jeff Van Gundy, and Mark Jackson on NBA telecast. So, in a move that brings to recall swapping Sean McDonough for Joe Tessator on Monday Night Football, ESPN has dumped Van Gundy. And if it wasn't an inside influence move, Van Gundy was too critical for the NBA's comfort. ESPN should have told the messengers to take a hike. I mean, who did Van Gundy upset? Not viewers. And what was the NBA going to do if ESPN insisted on retaining Van Gundy, not cash ESPN's checks? Eliminate ESPN from the next contract bids? Fat chances. I don't know the exact reason for this move, but if it depended on ESPN's courage to back its employees, Van Gundy didn't have a shot. Gotta love Mush. Must read every Thursday and every Saturday in the New York Post. All right, what do you want to talk about today? Raise your hand. We'll put you right on and uh, we will have a lot of fun. All right, let's get the show rolling right here on this Friday. And again, just raise your hand and I'll get you uh, right on the show. Hope you have a good weekend. Uh, If you watch the Open Championship or you get going into training camps, whatever the case may be, um, enjoy it. All right, let's get to Connor. Connor, how are you today?
1: Doing good, Grant. How are you? I'm good, buddy. So the Giants made a few splashes in the free agency market today. What do you think of the two yes. moves they made?
2: Uh, I think they need to. I think they need to protect themselves, running back and uh, what, uh, defensive back, right, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, you know, again, you can't wait around for Saquon Barkley. You know, what happened? First of all, you know, I, I don't think Barkley's going to miss any games. I just don't. Um, I don't see that in his character. You know, I know what he did on a podcast earlier this week. But, you know, I'm sorry, I, I, I don't – it just goes against everything that he has been about. And I think when push comes to shove, I don't think that he's going to do that to his teammates. I just don't. So they sign James Robinson and uh, Cole Beasley. Um, actually, I, I said defense back up. Cole Beasley, a wide receiver. But James Robinson, you know, a depth running back. And, again, you don't – you need insurance – With Saquon Barkley and who knows what he's gonna do. And the other thing that concerns me with Barkley is let's say he holds out of training camp and doesn't report until the week before the first game. How much are you gonna be able to use him?
1: Yeah, it's a good point because I think I like the Robinson signing not as a Barkley replacement, but as a guy that can kind of lighten his load because I mean he's been a big back, he's played a lot of snaps and we've seen him get hurt over the years. So I think having a guy that can just reduce his workload could really help the team.
2: Yeah. As far as Cole Beasley, you know, he's very familiar with Brian Dable who was in Buffalo when he was there, you know, he's a little, uh, you know, long in the tooth, let's just call it the way it is. He's 34. um, So I don't, I mean, I don't think he's going to be on the field a lot, but I'll tell you, he's a, he's a guy that is a very reliable receiver. You know, he doesn't drop balls. He's, he's gritty. Uh, you know, I could see him helping out the Giants. I don't see him playing a whole lot, though, at age 34.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's really a major signing, but no. you know, another connection with Dable and kind of a lot of the Bills guys they've been bringing over, and I don't mind it at all.
2: No, I don't mind it either. So, uh, you know, again, I think depth is good. That's what you have training camp for, you know, competition, uh, everything else. So we'll see. Again, my opinion is, or my forecast is that Saquon Barkley will be the starting running back for the New York Giants this year. I just do not think it's in his personality to do that to his teammates. I mean, I think that he is a real true teammate guy and yet business is business, but I just don't see him doing that. I'd be surprised. I really would. I'd be very surprised if he uh, is not on the field at the beginning of the season.
1: Yeah. And I heard your rant about Jordan Addison, but, did you happen to see the reports with Dalvin cook and why he hasn't been picked up yet?
2: I did. And I was not aware of that. And I'm very happy that you brought that up. I was unaware of the allegations regarding Dalvin cook, who, by the way, the Minnesota Vikings released. And when they released him, I was like, why would you release uh, Dalvin cook? Right. Well, you know, um, I guess his uh, ex-girlfriend, all right, uh, was offered $1 million to clear him of abuse allegations. That's the report that has been uh, coming out on the former Vikings running back, all right? This stems from an alleged incident in 2021 where she claimed that he assaulted her All right. This individual, a sergeant in the U.S. Army, accused Cook of battery assault and false imprisonment during an incident in November of 2020. At his house in Minneapolis. All right. Now. I don't know what happened and what did not happen. But according to the report, he offered her 800,000 up the offer to a million dollars, okay? According to her attorney. And the claim was that his initial offer was evidence of a crime. But you know, again, who knows? The attorney said, quote, "This does not pass the smell test and can and should be admissible, As evidence of Cook's consciousness of guilt, how about that? So, yeah, now this is starting to add up to me a little bit more. All right, and again, I don't know if it's true or not true. According to the lawsuit, she entered his home through the garage. All right, grabbed mace on her way in, and claimed that Cook. Became aggravated when she asked for his help in getting her things, at which point he allegedly grabbed her arm, slung her whole body over the couch, slamming her face into the coffee table and causing her lower forehead and the bridge of her nose to bust open. All right. At that point, according to the lawsuit, she attempted to use mace on Cook, but she was overpowered. And then the mace went into her eyes. She went into the shower and then she was allegedly assaulted by Cook again. According to the outlet, she grabbed a gun belonging to Cook, called a friend, allegedly prompting him to threaten her and attack her with a broomstick. All right. Now, again, Cook's attorney responded to the lawsuit claiming that Trimble, the individual that was the alleged victim, had broken into Cook's home and then assaulted him and two other house guests. So, again, I don't know what the truth is. I don't know what's factual or not. What I do know is in the National Football League, you can do hideous things. Just go ask Alvin Kamara, and you can play an entire season. So I don't know what, what the truth is here. I really don't.
1: Yeah, I think it's too early in this story, but we're definitely going to have to wait and see if there's more development with this because it's not the first time that Dalvin Cook's been in the headlines for violent reasons.
2: Yeah, something else I want you to do uh, this weekend uh, do you follow Sean Salisbury on Twitter?
1: I do not, but I could. All right, follow
2: Sean Salisbury, and check out this new app that he has started, and I think it's going to be something that you're going to be very interested in. And I'll talk to you about it further, but I want you to check it out when you get a chance. So uh, follow Sean Salisbury. His uh, Twitter handle is at Sean S E A N Unfiltered. All right, check it out. It's called the. Uh, uh, Pro Sports Fans app, and I, I think it's going to be right up your alley, all right? Check it out.
1: Yeah, I sure will, and before you let me go, I just wanted to talk about your quarterback ranking podcast that I listened to earlier, and and I thought I, I agreed with a lot of your opinions with, I don't know how anybody could have, I don't know how anyone could say that Dak Prescott is a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts in any universe with, Hertz already taking his team to a Super Bowl, and Prescott basically preventing his team to getting to a Super Bowl.
2: Jalen Hurts has won more big games in one season than Dak Prescott has in his entire career. Okay, and again, there's not one general manager and head coach in the National Football League, including Dallas, if given the choice, would take Dak Prescott over Jalen Hurts? Are we? Are we? I mean, seriously, there's not one coach or one GM in the NFL. I would take Prescott over Jalen Hurts, not one.
1: Yeah, and I totally agree with you that Mahomes is, should be alone in his own tier. And then in that tier two, I thought it was interesting that you had Aaron Rodgers over Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. I think they all belong in no, the same No, 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 tier. no, no,
2: no. I, I didn't I didn't really have them over them. They're in the same tier. I put those guys all in the same tier.
1: Oh, that makes sense. I, didn't, I,
2: when, I when I when I did my rankings today, I made it very clear that the tiers I didn't separate the quarterbacks within the tiers I do um but then when I had a follow up on something not on my podcast but somebody asked me oh it was on my crowd ultra question who are my top 3 quarterbacks and I did put Aaron Rodgers at 2 but on my podcast I did not I had him in the tier with Burrow with Allen um with Herbert And I believe I had Jalen, oh, Jalen Hurts knocking right on the door and he could have easily been in that tier. Listen, here's the way I feel about Aaron Rodgers. Two seasons ago, Connor, he was the most viable player of the NFL. Okay, two seasons ago. Last year, he did not have a good year. He did not look happy to me. He looked out of sorts. I think losing Devontae Adams threw him for a loop. It seemed to me that he was at odds with the front office. I don't just look at last year and say to myself, gee, Aaron Rodgers can't play quarterback anymore. I mean, I think he's a lot closer right now to the quarterback he was two seasons ago than the quarterback that I saw last year. I just don't think, Connor, in one year that a quarterback is going to decline that much in ability and the play on the field. That's why I said that. Because if you were going to ask me, Connor, as a football fan, not last season, but after the season prior right after that season give me your top quarterbacks in the nfl where again he had just won the mvp did not win in the playoffs we know he lost to in the playoffs where would you have him on your list if we just forget about last year for a minute
1: probably number two right next to Mahomes. there you go
2: and that's why i did that i can't i can't just take a guy's entire career which has been incredible And the fact that, you know, in those previous two years, he had four and five interceptions, well over 4000 yards, over 30 touchdowns. Like I can't just make believe that didn't happen. So I got to believe that he's still a, a very elite quarterback. Now, you could I'll tell you, I love Joe Burrow, Connor. I mean, I to me, Joe Burrow could be the second best quarterback in the NFL. And I also look at Josh Allen who did not play that well last year, Connor, he made a lot of mistakes in crunch time in crucial situations, which I, I I just can't, you know, forget about that. I still think he's an incredible talent. I still think he's an elite quarterback. I have him on my second tier, but he made too many mistakes last year. He can't do that again this season.
1: Yeah, I agree. And when you, you talk about full body of work, that's why I still think Josh Allen is right in that group. But I think you could have the same argument with, Lamar Jackson I mean how many years ago was it that he won the MVP and I know he's regressed a little bit but do you see him on that borderline tier two top of tier three with hurts and stuff yeah
2: I did well I said that on my podcast I I, I made it very clear that he's knocking on the door in the tier two and the reason why I don't have him in tier two right now is for my liking he gets hurt too much look at the last two years and uh, he's been very disappointing in the playoffs so for that reason. I did not put him in the group of names that you and I were just discussing. Although I made it very clear in my podcast that he and Jalen hurts are knocking on that door in the tier two, actually in retrospect, you know, I was thinking about this earlier today after I had dropped my podcast, I probably should have put Jalen hurts in that group. That's how good I think Jalen hurts is. I didn't, but I in retrospect probably should have. And I didn't. And the reason for that is his body of work is much smaller. You know, I mean, really, he had that one good year last year. And I, I, I can't I can't like hold that against Russell Wilson and then just say, well, gee, Jalen Hurts was really, really good last year. So for that reason, you know, he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. I'm a little hesitant to do that yet because the quarterback position is all about consistency. I mean, quarterbacks can have great years. Look at Matthew Stafford, you know, when he won the Super Bowl. Okay. I mean, he had never won a playoff game and he goes to LA and wins the Super Bowl. So, did he not win a Super Bowl in Detroit because the team wasn't good enough? Was it because he didn't play well in big games? Like, I look at Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is immensely talented. When you watch Kirk Cousins in many regular season games, you're in awe of him. The guy is incredible. But he's got one playoff win with Minnesota and. He is not, he does not perform well in big games. I can't just eliminate that from my ranking because it is a large sample size. It's not a short sample size, it's a large one. Whereas Jalen Hurts' sample size is very small. And uh, when it comes to the quarterback position, to me, you got to earn it. You can't just have one really good year. You got to have really good years in succession for me personally to put you in that type of category. Now, you could say, now, wait a minute, has Justin Herbert had that? type of succession early in his career yet, you know, I think he has. and I also think that he's had, you know, I thought last year there was no quarterback in the league that suffered more important injuries than he did. You know, guy like guys like Keenan Allen, you know, out of the lineup a lot and other, you know, he was really dealing with an injury situation at his skill positions that I think, you know, curtailed him a little bit and he still had an excellent year. So You know, this is fun to talk about because the quarterback position, as you know, is the most important position on the field. But I think that we can overreact to a quarterback having a off year as much as we can to a quarterback having a really good year. For instance, you know, you tell me, Connor, you watch the NFL and you know it inside out. Where would I rank Brock Purdy? If I was going to rank Brock Purdy only on the games that he played last year, I'd have him as a top five to seven quarterback. I mean, he was tremendous in the games that he played. But can I really take a guy that only started five games and move him into a top tier or top two tiers? I can't. The sample size isn't big enough.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And other than the names we've mentioned, what do you think of my top 10? I rounded out with Tua Tagovailoa, Trevor Lawrence, and then Daniel Jones. What do you think about that?
2: I don't know if I'm ready to have Daniel Jones at number 10. Okay, Tua, absolutely. When he's playing, the Dolphins were an elite offensive team. I think they were 8 No, I'm sorry, who was the other quarterback you have in there? Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence? Yes. I, I, I do think Trevor Lawrence, based on what I saw last year, based on the playoff, I do put him, uh, I do think he's now a top 10 quarterback going into this season in the NFL. Again, small sample size, really bad first year, really good second year, you know, change of coach more stable organization, year of experience under his belt. I expect Trevor Lawrence to be a breakout quarterback this year. Like I think maybe Connor at the end of this season coming up, you might call me at the end of next season and we might have him in a top five quarterback in the NFL. Daniel Jones, I'm not ready to put top 10. I think he's knocking on the door to top 10, but I can't do it right now based on only one good year.
1: Yeah, I understand why, because obviously you can't just take one year. It has to be full body of work, and his first couple of years in the league were pretty shaky, but one of the reasons I could see him around the borderline top ten is the same argument you had with Justin Herbert is yep. when's the last time he's had a full body of weapons all healthy? He hasn't.
2: I mean, he's had he hasn't. no
1: names at receiver nope. his whole career. So you add Darren Waller yep. and yep. a group of solid receivers, I mean – Yep, The limits could be pretty good for him.
2: Well, you think about this. He also was behind a horrible offensive line, okay, which got better last year. As you said, his skill uh, positions, they were taking guys off the street, literally, to line up next to him, and he had a tremendous year. Now, the other aspect of this, Connor, when you talk about Daniel Jones, let's say I'm wrong, and let's say Saquon Barkley holds out and misses games, That's going to have a profound impact in all likelihood on Jones. The other aspect that I do like about Jones is now for the first time. Well, I'll just call it the way it is, Connor. For the first time since the Giants last won the Super Bowl, they finally have a nice bookend of tackles with Thomas at left tackle and Neal at the right tackle because Neal really came on in his rookie season. So now you have solidified what was for years – the weakest position on your football team with a bus like Eric flowers. I mean, we can go on and on now you have tackles that are arguably pro bowl materially on the left side, good on the right side. And that should help out Jones immeasurably. Darren Waller, I think is a huge pickup as long as he can stay on the field. I think Daniel Jones is going to have a very, very good year, but if I'm wrong and Barkley's not on the field, we'll be interested to see how that impacts that offense.
1: Yeah, and the last positive I can contribute to Jones is, I mean, he had a pretty historic playoff debut and was able to win a shootout uh-huh. against Kirk Cousins, who a lot of people probably have both those guys in around the same tier. And the fact that he was able to kind of outduel him is pretty impressive in his first playoff game.
2: Yep. I think most people in the NFL would have Cousins rated higher than Daniel Jones. And I understand that based on the totality of body of work but I'm not so sure we'll be saying that after this year. Yeah, you make a lot of good points. You make a lot of good points.
1: Yeah, it's good talk. It's always fun to talk about stuff like this.
2: It sure is. Check out Sean's Twitter handle, all right, and check that app out.
1: Yeah, I will. Thanks for putting me onto it.
2: All right, take care. Bye-bye. All right, good stuff right there. Uh, If you want to get in on the show, then uh, just raise your hand. Again, the quarterback position is obviously very subjective. I don't know of any general manager in the league, though, and not that I have them all in the room with me right now, I I don't think there's a general manager in the league that would not take Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback if they could take any quarterback in the league. I think all 32 GMs would take Mahomes as the quarterback. Now, I do think you would have a difference of opinion if you then said, okay, you can take any quarterback other than Mahomes, all right? Who are you taking? If that were me and I was a general manager, And you said, "Okay, you can take any quarterback in the league, not named Mahomes. Who are you taking? I'm taking Joe Burrow. Uh, I think Joe Burrow is the guy that uh, I, I have him right there. And I would take him if I was, you know, and again, the reason why I wouldn't take Aaron Rodgers is he's 38. But if I were taking a quarterback right now based on ability and everything else and I couldn't have Mahomes, give me Joe Burrow. Give me Joe Burrow. And I'd be happy with Josh Allen, too. Uh, I'd be happy with Jalen Hurts. I mean, I love Jalen Hurts. I mean, I absolutely love him. I think Jalen Hurts is going to win at least one Super Bowl. He's that talented. He's that good. You know, a lot of people forget Jalen Hurts was great in the Super Bowl. He had that bad fumble rolling out to his right where he got stripped. And that was a huge play. It was six points, you know. Fumble, recovery, touchdown. But if I'm looking at Jalen Hurts, he was outstanding in the Super Bowl. You could make an argument that he was better than Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Uh, he was great. He was great. All right, let's get to uh, Waggus right here on this Friday. Hey, Waggis, how are you? I'm
3: doing good. How are you doing? Good, buddy. So, a, a good conversation. Uh, Waggus, I, I like need you to with...
2: speak. Waggis, I need yeah. you to just speak up a little bit. You're kind of yep. faint, but just try. Yeah, okay, go ahead.
3: Yep. Can you hear me now? Mm -hmm. Okay, so great conversation. But what I want to know is, where are you putting Justin
2: Fields? Uh, Justin Fields to me is between 20 and 32. Uh, I have not been impressed with anything that I've seen from Justin Fields uh, in terms of playing quarterback. I think he's been a tremendous in terms of running back quarterback play. In other words, I think his ability to get out of pressure and everything else. But here's the other deal about Justin Fields. The Bears have loaded up on him this year. They have now gotten everything that he needs to be and make that next level. But I have him in my tier between 20 and 32. Closer to 20 by all means. Much closer than 20 than the 32. But I can't have him in my top 15 quarterbacks in the NFL. I just can't. I mean, uh, he's too inconsistent. You know, again, I know that last year everyone was raving about him. I wasn't one of those people. I am expecting him this year, though, to make a huge leap because of the people they now have around him going into year number three.
3: Okay, well, I mean, that's fair. And uh, what kind of season do you think Jimmy Garoppolo has? It's kind of one of those stories out there where nobody's really talking about.
2: I don't think it's going to be very good. He doesn't have Darren Waller. He does have Devontae Adams. Uh, What's Josh Jacobs going to do? Is he going to play or is he not going to play? If you lose Josh Jacobs, you're losing a key piece to your offense. Uh, I think the Raiders are going to be terrible this year.
3: Yeah. And then, of course, you know, the Niners, I, I, it's like a yearly thing. I got to ask about the quarterback situation. Uh, would you say that signing of Sam Donald was an insurance policy? Or would you say that Shanahan probably sees him more of into a starting role than over uh, Lance over him? Because I know he's got pretty number one.
2: I think both. I think it's both insurance and I think Shanahan probably liked the fact that he could take his game and mold him into the quarterback that people thought he would be when he was taken so high in the draft. Um, I mean, again, depending on who you believe, there are a lot of people that feel that he's ahead of Trey Lance right now on the depth chart, which would be saying something. I mean, clearly Brock Purdy's the starting quarterback if he's healthy, but then if not, would Sam Darnold really start over Trey Lance? If that's the case, that's the 49ers clearly admitting that they made a huge blunder in drafting Trey Lance and moving up in the draft to take him.
3: Okay. And then I think I would say the biggest story or the or the, or the biggest thing that you know fans are going to be watching for this year is obviously Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Uh, yes. Any predictions you have there? Or, yeah.
2: I do not think – Russell Wilson is going to have a good year. I didn't think he was that good at the end of his tenure in Seattle. Obviously, last year was the worst year of his NFL career. And I know Sean Payton's a really good coach, but Sean Payton is not a miracle worker. And for that reason, I am not expecting Russell Wilson to play very well. It's not like he ha- had been playing great when he left Seattle and then just went to Denver and stunk to join out. Yes, he didn't play as well, but I thought his play had started to decline a little bit Towards the end of his tenure in Seattle, I I am not expecting Russell Wilson to have a good year.
3: And would you say it's just an age thing, or do you think he just, or I mean, I mean, obviously, I don't know bad, if it's,
2: I I don't know if it's his body. Um, you know what? To me, made Russell Wilson special was his ability to keep players alive, similarly to what Patrick Mahomes does.
4: Yeah,
2: and I, I just wasn't seeing that towards the end of his tenure with Seattle and, you know, doing what he has to do to be special. The thing that alarmed me last year were the inordinate amount of mistakes that he made in throwing the football. Like a quarterback of his stature with his longevity yep. should not be making the mistakes that he was making last year.
3: I I agree. It's just, It's just, you know, everybody says like, you know, when a quarterback gets out of the pocket, right, everybody says, hey, you know, maybe you should stay in the pocket because, you know, as you're getting older, you don't want to get hurt, this and that. But would you say some quarterbacks, it doesn't matter what age they're in, that's their game. They have to continuously get out of the pocket. and
2: yeah, Of course. Ab- okay, Of course you do. Absolutely. You, you, you have to be who you are. You have to be the guy that you've always been. You can't just all of a sudden change your style. I mean, I would be like saying, you know, a lot of people say that about Lamar Jackson. Nonsense. What makes Lamar Jackson such a dynamic, incredible player is his ability to run with the football. Now it's not like he can't throw the football, but you want Lamar Jackson to just be a pocket passer. I mean, then you're taking away arguably the biggest weapon you have on offense. I'm a giants fan. You know, Daniel Jones was tremendous last year in running the football bootlegs, things of that nature. You know, Josh Allen, runs a lot, you know, I wouldn't call Josh Allen necessarily a running quarterback, but he's not exactly a pocket passer. They do run option all the time, right? Uh, Run pass option. They do, you know, I mean, he's always running with the football. Yeah. I worry about him getting hurt, but I can't take away one of his best attributes. I can't take away Lamar Jackson's. Let's just be honest. His best attribute. I, you know, you want Patrick Mahomes not to do what he does. I mean, no, you, you know, Fran Tarkington, who you might not have ever watched. But Fran Tarkington, I watched most of his career, and I was a Giants fan, and for years he was the quarterback of the Giants in addition to the Vikings. I mean, can you imagine if someone said to Fran Tarkington, you know, you scramble too much? Nonsense. That's why Fran's in the Hall of Fame. You know, you can't change who you are.
3: Yeah. And and, and getting back to Rogers, I and this is just me, you know, I know people put Mahomes up there, and, and you can. Nothing wrong with that, but – I, I, for whatever reason, still think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback. I think his situation changed a little bit. He really wasn't happy the last two years in Green Bay. And when I see his decline, then I'll probably take him down. Uh, But, like, the last thing I wanted to ask you, and this is obviously a big sleeper here, uh, Deshaun Watson and Cleveland.
2: Well, he's the guy that, to me, has the most – anticipation for this year of all quarterbacks in the NFL because the reality was it wasn't that long ago that most people had him as a top five quarterback in the NFL and it's not like he's aged it's not like he's had injuries you know I mean my point is he's healthy he's now got the Cleveland offense down you know he's gotten past you know the uh massage therapist and all of that I mean that's now in his rearview mirror. I'm not saying it's eradicated from his resume, but what I'm saying is, you know, he clearly is concentrating on football now. And he could be one of those guys that at the end of the year, we're talking about as an MVP candidate.
3: Okay. So, wow. Okay. I mean, you said MVP. So if that's the case, then you well, he was,
2: he was that guy. He was that guy a he short was, period of time was. ago where he was in that discussion.
3: No, the reason I say that, the reason I I guess my, my 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 next question is, if he's going to be in the MVP, then you got the Browns going, you know, into the playoffs and maybe a deep run.
2: Well, I don't think it's going to happen. What I'm saying is, he has the ability to play like that because I've okay. seen it before, okay. even with a team that wasn't that great. Now he did have DeAndre Hopkins, and for whatever reason, they got rid of him. But you know, let let's call it the way it is. Okay, if you're just talking about quarterbacks, age. Right ability and everything else. I mean, he's right up there with everyone.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. I know. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. So, all right, well, it's, it's good talk. So where can I find your complete list? Cause I didn't, oh, it's on your podcast. Well, you're going to have to,
2: I don't, I didn't make a list one through 32. I just did a a, a t in tears. You can listen to my podcast that was released today.
3: Okay. Fun stuff. And, and, and what, when you, um, I guess my question is, when you do, well, when you do these lists, are, are you saying that these quarterbacks are probably going to be best in fantasy as well, or no? I don't. I, I, there,
2: I just so you know, I have never, ever, made any opinion on any athlete in any sport based on fantasy, and I'm I'm being as transparent as I can. I don't even know how I don't even know how fantasy works. I don't even know how I, I don't even know how the hell it works. I mean, I know you're a okay. player. Has to perform well. I don't know if you get points for points scored, run your, you know, interceptions. Touch. I don't even know how it works. So there's nothing that I talk about that has anything to do with fantasy football.
3: Okay. All right. Uh, all right. I'm just curious because you know, fantasy's coming up, so it's nice to have those. Really
2: yeah. Yeah. And listen, I talk about fantasy football here for you, and Connor, and Ryan, and John and Al and everyone else that likes it. I'm I'm all for you all getting into fantasy football. I'm one of the few people that doesn't participate in fantasy football. All of my friends do. My sons do. So I'm aware that it's big and a lot of people playing it. So I feel it's important for me to provide a service. But I'm being honest as hell with you. I don't even know how it works. I mean, I know, when I say I don't know how it works, I understand yeah, the, yeah. The, the principle, but I don't even understand – like. If you have a receiver, as opposed to a running back, as opposed to a quarterback, I don't even know what the difference is. I don't need. If you told me, Napes, you need to join my fantasy football team, and I did it. I you'd have to keep score. I wouldn't even know what, what my standings are. You'd have to tell me at the each at the end of each Sunday how I'm doing because I wouldn't know watching a game whether I'm winning or not. You know what I mean? I don't even know how the hell they play the damn thing.
3: Yeah, plus, you would probably draft all giant players anyway, John.
2: Well, I would. I, well, I can tell you this right now. There sure as hell wouldn't be any Cowboys on my team. I can guarantee you that.
3: <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah. No, fun stuff. So, Grant, uh, thanks for taking my call. <laughs>
2: all right. You have a great weekend, Waggis. <laughs> Take it easy. Oh, my God. He's a beauty. I will be doing that again this year. We'll have our fantasy roundtable. I really enjoyed that last year for you all that got involved in that. It was a lot of fun. It really was. But I don't play fantasy sports. I don't have time for fantasy sports. Like, really? Like, I, I, I'm watching every NFL game. I'm watching college. Uh, you know, for 32 years, I was the, uh, uh, announcing, you know, 82 NBA games every year. Like, I got time to concentrate on fantasy football. And here's the other deal. As Wagga said, I'm not rooting for anybody that's not on the Giants. So, like, when we have the fantasy football draft, here comes the draft. It's my turn. I'm looking at my New York Giants roster. All right, I'm taking him. You know, I'm taking him. So my fantasy football team would consist of the New York Giants, right? That's the only way I'm playing playing fantasy football. I'm not rooting for anybody on the Raiders, the Cowboys, the Eagles. You know, I'm not taking a player, you know, that's on Jacksonville, even though I don't really have any disdain for Jacksonville. I'm sure as hell not taking anybody on Philly. Sure as hell not taking anybody in Washington, all right? You know? I don't care if Chase Young's available. I'm not taking him. He's not on my team. All right? Not happening. Okay? You know, I don't care if Micah Parsons is available when it's my time to draft. You think I'm going to be sitting there on a Sunday afternoon rooting for Micah Parsons to be making plays? Really? the hell's wrong with people? How do you root for a team and then have a a, a player on your rival on your fantasy team? Really? Seriously? Uh Uh-uh. That's not Grant Napier. That's never happening. Never.
0: Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest waterslide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas.
3: Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week.
4: We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me. A Survivor winner.
2: Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And John knows damn well I would never in a million years have anything affiliated with the Cowboys anywhere in my life. <laughs> John,
4: how are you? I'm great, Grant. You're killing me, buddy. And thanks for you? including me in that. And I've never played fantasy football, but I love getting into the conversations with Waggis and Connor and... And you know everybody, Ryan, and everything—they
2: they are fun as hell. I'm glad you started doing it this year and stuff. Well, again, I think uh, I think there's a need. I like the fact there that there are so many people on the on the platform that enjoy I talking about it. Agree. And I, I listen. I'm just a moderator when it comes to fantasy football. I now, I've I've had I've had people call them, Grant, "Who do you think is going to have a better week?" And they give me two names of quarterbacks. I don't have any a problem telling them who I think is going to have a better week based on you know the right? defense they're going against, based on injuries. I don't have a problem doing that. But in terms of, like, fantasy football, no, I don't care. Uh,
4: hey, I like reality football, not fantasy football, and reality sports all together. And It would be impossible. What I'd have to have, Grant, is my team, obviously, Royal Blue and Silver. On I'd have to have a burner team. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah, want well, burner from? Yeah. I'd have to have a burner team. Just to take all the giants from you and Connor. Because I know you and Connor would have them. Because you have a draft. You can't pick your whole team. It would be fun as hell, I guess. But I just couldn't do it. Because, you know, I love football. Watching on Sundays and rooting for my team to win. Not rooting for any particular individual. I want my team to win at the
2: end of the day. You know? I'm with you 100%. You and I are speaking the same language.
4: I know it, man. That's why, hey, it makes me wonder. some, Some athletes, when they come in and the first thing they want is a uh, security when most the champions, the first thing they want, I want freaking rings. I want to be the champion. I want to be the best. And that's what it's about. Well, I guess there's, there's some logic to that too. And that's where the passing comes in about that's why we're sports fans. And that's why we're not uh, movie buffs or something like that. Well, if you, want rings, that like if you want
2: rings, if you want rings, why are you a Cowboys fan?
4: I grew up, and my boys were getting rings all over the, all over the yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. That. Re- that was
2: before you reached. That was before you reached puberty. So you know, that's been a while, okay? You know what I'm saying? Oh, well, not really, Grant.
4: I was a five-year-old <laughs> man in Roger Staubach boy. It's been a long time, uh, my
2: friend. It's been a long
4: it, time. Well, you first, know? hey, first it was Staubach and Dorset, and that was great. Yep. The younger years, growing up, you know, I was five to ten. 11 years old or whatever. And then yeah. the triplets, of course. I love Staubach I mean, Aikman and Emmett. I mean, high yep. quality individuals. Aikman, yes. quality. Great great people. Guy, yes. great and I agree and with you. Yes. Roger Staback, Easy, to root, guy, easy to root for. Easy to
2: root for. Easy to root for. If I, you were, yes. Yes.
4: I wholeheartedly agree. And hey, the, like Phil Sims is your guy. Check it out. He was easy to root for for me also yep. because he was yep. so good and such a professional and such top notch competition too. And that's what I love, man. Well, I'll tell you, John, John, one of the
2: great, one of the most enjoyable evenings that I ever experienced without knowing that I was going to experience was the birthday party of my friend in Dallas. And he had me sitting at a table with three other couples, and I was sitting right next to Roger Staubach and his wife. And Roger was so unbelievably nice, and we had the most amazing conversation That at the end of the conversation, or at the end of the evening, he said, Grant, listen, just so you know, anytime the Giants are here, if you want to come to the game, you let me know, and you can be a guest in my suite. Think about that for a minute. That's Roger Staubach telling me that I'm welcome to come watch the Giants play in Dallas in his suite.
4: Well, Grant, it sounds like you need tickets for four because my wife and I are going to fly from California (laughs) and you, wife, and yourself are going to fly from Miami or South
2: Beach.
4: (laughs) But but, but I did
2: did not tell Roger this, but I I, I was thinking to myself, uh, you know, I'm not going to be able to do that because I would never disrespect a great legend and, by the way, a great human being By going in his suite with giants gear on. All right. My Giants shirt, my hat, you know what I mean? Like I I have class. I couldn't do that. Now I could do that to a lot of people, but I couldn't do that to Roger Starbuck. You know what I'm saying? So I I, I would, I would not do that because if I'm going to go into Dallas, you know, I got to be an obnoxious New York fan and have my gear on, you know what I'm saying?
4: yeah well, you don't have to wear the la- the giant's lapel, and they're not going to make you wear a, a big old star either as you you know on your lapel. so hey, Grant, I know exactly where you're coming from, my friend. that hey, every time I hear you talk about that trip,
2: I get something else out of it th- that story. you know what I mean? It was amazing. Could he and his wife could not have been more pleasant to talk to. It was this was a thrill for me. I mean, I I, listen, as a New York Giants fan, they were horrible when I was growing up. And I used to be at Yankee Stadium every game, okay, ever since I was three years old. And I used to love, love watching Calvin Hill, Roger Staubach, Bob Hayes, all right? I mean, that was football. And their defense, oh, my God. And you you knew, you know, even, listen, John, even as a kid, I knew that going to watch the Cowboys was special. Like it was a big yeah. deal for me to go to a Giants Cowboys game because I knew even as a, as a young boy that I was watching legends of the game.
4: Hey, Hollywood Henderson, when he, you know, he was the first one who did the dance and it was just a shake in the end zone and he only did it. He didn't do it to dance. It's just how he felt back then. Yep. And that's when athletes yep. were competing and they were competing and that's, The dance just came out. It wasn't choreographed or anything like that. It was called the the Quake, the Hollywood Quake, I think. I'll have to look that up. Somebody can look that up.
2: John, Uh, good hearing from you. Have a good weekend, buddy. Hey, Grant, happy
4: Friday, my friend. It's only 107 right here. How how is it over there? Uh, Hot and humid. Yeah. Well, it's not that humid, so i'm uh, counting my blessings thanks grant
2: see you buddy all right let's move along we get to uh jerry right here jerry how are you on this friday how are you feeling buddy everything okay with your health
5: well grant i gotta go in uh tomorrow for an mri for my neck and for my shoulder so hopefully everything goes okay buddy i'm home, well, best I'm home luck, buddy. I'll be th-
2: okay I'll, I'll be thinking about you
5: grant you know thank you sir uh Appreciate you, and, uh, you know, thank you for having me on your show. Grant, let me ask you something, Grant. Uh, I saw something on Sac B Nation uh, that uh, they were saying a proposed trade, and, you know, this is ridiculous, but I'm going to tell you. They were saying that uh, trading King and Murray, Kevin Herter, Trey Lyles, and two first-round picks in 26 and 28 for uh, Piel Piscone, uh from the Toronto Raptors.
2: Pascal Siakam. Yeah, yes. Uh, would you make that trade, Grant? I wouldn't trade Keegan Murray for Pascal Siakam straight up.
5: Right. Okay.
2: I mean, no, right. that, it, it, whoever came up with that deal um, is living proof that anybody can get on the internet.
5: <laughs> That's, that is good, Grant. You know what, Grant? Uh, uh, you know what? I enjoy uh, you and John. John is awesome, dude. I mean, John is a great caller. He always has good points, Grant, and he always seems to make you laugh. Uh, am I wrong?
2: No, he does make me laugh. He uh he makes me laugh. What what John doesn't realize is that uh half the time I'm actually laughing at him. I'm not laughing with him. <laughs> oh my god. You <laughs> no, are I, a dear, I love you my friend. You are I do, a love, oh my god. I do love I do love John. John does make me laugh. I love the guy. He's great.
5: Grant, what uh what have you ratings been on YouTube, Grant, since you've been more on YouTube since uh you know, more than listen at
2: you know, very good because what I do is Uh, Not only are the live shows on YouTube and then Periscope, I put it into uh, an audio platform. So I moved the video. It's called an MP4 to an MP3 and distribute that on my uh, podcast platform. And actually, you know, not everyone can listen live, as you well are aware of. And I get a lot of people that go back and listen to that on the audio platforms. And the the downloads have been very good. That's why I'm doing it more and more. Uh, I'm really happy. And I want the growth with basketball season, not that far away. I'm going to be doing a lot of programming this fall and winter around the Kings. And so I'm very grateful for the support, but it's been very good. And I, listen, I don't mean the discount, listen up, because right. the one thing that I can do here that I can't do on YouTube is I can talk to you and I can talk to John and I can talk to Ryan and I can talk to Connor and, and I can Ray. talk to Waggus and yeah. everyone else. Yeah. And I love that. And I don't want to lose that. But like, for instance, I'll always do the open forum Wednesday shows because I love that show where we can talk about anything. And then I'll do the fantasy round table and other things. But I am going to transition more and more over to YouTube.
5: Grant, has Mrs. Napier ever told you, Grant, you work too much. I need more time with you. Has she ever told you that? No. 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 And Grant, let me ask you one more thing, sir. Uh, About the Jets. Grant, do you think if Aaron Rodgers, if the Jets start out slow, do you think he'll start bitching and complaining?
2: No. Um, I don't think he will. I don't think he's... um, I hate to use the word stupid because right. he's, he's a very bright, bright guy. I don't think he's dumb enough to get the New York media against him. Like he understands the dynamic of the New York media. And trust me when I say this, the New York media doesn't care, you know, your stature, whether you are a future Hall of Famer or what have you. You don't want to get on the wrong side of them. And if he acts the way he does in New York, right? the way he did last year, with the Packers, he will get destroyed in New York and the fans will boo him right off the field. So no, he won't go that route. I I would be shocked if he goes that route, he will get destroyed in New York. They'll run him out of town. But
5: Grant, if he does go to that point, Grant, like he did in green Bay, what do you think uh, his reaction would be to that grant?
2: His reaction to what The Um, negativity in New York? Yes. Yes. Um, you know, I I don't know the answer to that question. I know deep down it would hurt him. I know deep down he would be pissed, but it wouldn't be a battle he could win. I mean, he's just he, he and and listen. I don't. I know Aaron Rodgers. I've known him for twenty years. Trust me when I say this. That's not the way he wants his legacy to end. That's not the way he wants his career to end. Okay, I know Aaron Rodgers well enough to say that unequivocally. Okay, that would bother him if that's the way his career ended. That's not the way. He wants to go out. Now, I'm not saying he has to ride off into the sunset like Joe Namath did in 69, beating the Colts. But what I am saying is it's important to him that he elevates himself into the conversation of where he was two years ago, which is arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is an incredibly proud individual. He does have an ego, although he keeps a lot of that to himself. Trust me when I say this. This is huge for Rodgers to go to New York and excel. He understands the history of that city and that area with their sports legends, whether it be Derek Jeter, whether it be Namath, whether it be Sims with what he did with the Giants. I mean, he gets that. He's not stupid. He understands that he wants to be in that category.
5: Grant, um, I know you used to have him on your show. Um, I'm not even going to mention that station's name. Uh, You know what I'm talking about. Is there Uh any chance that you may have him on your show now? You know, I reached out
2: to him. I reached out to him a couple of weeks ago, and he never got back to me. And it's unfortunate. He's become very reclusive over the last few years. And I've heard that he's done that with a lot of others. And I have to just accept that. We did correspond last year uh, a couple of different times, but it wasn't because I asked him to come on my show. It was about things that were going on uh, as a rela Like when Hub Arkish made the awful comments about him, I sent him a message, he got right back to me and talked about the attack that he came under for his stance on being, uh, you know, uh, vaccinated, and I just said to him, I go, hey, I, I respect you sticking up for yourself on that. And he got back to me right away. So, you know, it's not like he doesn't respond to me, although and quite, quite honestly, over the last three to four years, I would say when I text him, he responds maybe 10% of the time okay. and I don't text him that much. I mean, I literally may only send him a message two or three times a year it's not like i'm sending him messages all week um so you know he's just a lot different i mean he i'll tell you how different he is when he was the quarterback of the packers even after when you yeah, listen how many guys had him on their radio show the day after he was the mvp of the super bowl i had him on my radio show the week of the super bowl and i had him on my show the monday after the super bowl i had him on how, my show in sacramento now how, think about how that how did for you a do that Grant? how the hell did you do I that t- I texted him. I go, Hey man, can you just give me 10 minutes? And he's, and this is exactly what he said for you, buddy, anything. That's exactly how he responded. And he goes, uh, what time do you need me? And I said, whatever time is good for you, you let me know. And he came on my show. He used to text me. We used to text when he was on the airplane after games and stuff, you know, and he would always text me and ask me questions about the Kings. And then he changed and I saw the change up at Lake Tahoe. I've been very open about this, you know, about, you know, not being accessible and not doing interviews and not staying at the hotel and not going down and gambling with the fellas at the high limit room in Harris. You never saw Aaron Rodgers off the golf course. He would get a house away from South Lake Tahoe and you would never see him. And so he changed. Now, I don't know what it was about him that changed. I know he had the family dynamic that was very public and I don't know if that was part of it, but he changed as much as any athlete that I've ever been around
5: you know Grant it's a shame Grant that you cannot have him on your show and then he could explain well you know what he doesn't even have to explain Grant but just you know what I mean uh, what how would you uh consider him right now uh being a friend of yours or or not uh, uh what's the percentage that you think that you and him are still
2: good friends well I mean he follows me on Twitter okay all right so I mean if, if he didn't care for me and didn't want me as a friend, he wouldn't follow me on Twitter anymore. Right. So, I mean, I, I'll use the word respect. I know he has a lot of respect for me. You know, I mean, that much I know. He knows I have a lot of respect for him. Um, if Aaron Rodgers, if I, if I was at Lake Tahoe this summer and I was on the driving range, Aaron would have come on my show and I would have talked to him uh, I had several occasions up at Lake Tahoe and it would be very comfortable. It would be very cordial. It would be like, you know, nothing has happened. You know what I mean? Like, It's not like there's an incident that happened between me and him. There's that, that never occurred. It's just that, oh, now here's the other deal. I did a podcast on him and I actually sent him the excerpt from my podcast where I was talking about him and I said, Hey, I don't, you know, if you get a chance, you might want to listen to this. And right. he got back to me and said, Hey man, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. You know? So, I mean, it's not like, you know, th- we have a lot of respect for one another.
5: And Grant, when you had your show in, in Sacramento, uh, were you ever hard on, on him? And he was just like, yes. you, know, you know what? Uh, so did he ever respond to you about anything like that or?
2: No, no. I mean, he understands that. Well, first of all, in all fairness, uh, you know, he was really, really good right. when he was the quarterback of Green Bay. But I I was critical of him at times for his playoff performances sometimes. No, he he, he never did. And when he saw me at Lake Tao, he never said, hey, man, I heard what you said, and I, I, I didn't like that or whatever. No, I mean, that never happened, you know, never happened. First of all, he used to listen to me all the time, okay? <laughs> used to watch the games all the time. And again, I'm not saying this because, like, like I don't need to do this. You know me. Yeah. but. The first time he ever came on my radio show, I was co-hosting the show with Mike Lamb. And he was scheduled to come on the show. And I can't remember what the reason was. He was not, he had not yet played an NFL game. He just uh, finished at Cal Berkeley. All right. So, and it was like, I think the month of May or June, I can't remember, but it was May or June and I happened to be off. And so they introduce him, Mike Lamb introduces him and he goes, where's grant and Mike goes, oh he's off today he goes he's off today he's the only reason why i came on the show grant grant is my he goes grant is my idol i love grant where's grant and mike started laughing and goes all right i'll tell you what you're going to be at lake tahoe playing in the tournament a couple weeks right he said yeah he goes grant will be there you can meet him then he goes okay he goes man i is no kidding that's exactly what he said on the air wow
5: you know, Grant, uh, you know what, well, you might not be on the air in Sacramento, Grant, but you know, you're on, on the air now. And, you know, those who of us that follow you, you know what, you're doing a great job, Grant. Thank you, and buddy. Keep doing what you're doing, my friend. Have a great All right, good
2: luck on your good luck on your MRI, buddy. All right. I hope things go well, okay? Thank you, sir. Have a good day. All right, you too. Take care. Yeah, I love Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I was critical of him last year. I did not care for his body language with the Packers. I didn't care for it. You know, I think he's above that. You know, I don't think you should be shaking your head and rolling your eyes and uh, you're the quarterback. You're the leader of that team. You're getting paid a ton of money. You know, I I didn't care for that. I was, you know, I was critical of him last year. You know, I was critical of him uh, last year. All right, so we're at the weekend. I hope you have a great weekend. Boy, the leaderboard at the Open Championship has got to be the least appealing leaderboard that I think I've ever seen no disrespect to Tommy Fleetwood, who is a very good golfer and it would be a great story. Okay. From England winning the open. As a matter of fact, I'm actually rooting for him to play well on the weekend, but he's five shots back. He's five shots back. And when you look at the leaderboard, I'm like, wait a minute, who are these guys? You know, now that could change tomorrow with the third round, of the Open Championship. But right now, it is a very unassuming leaderboard. I mean, look at this leaderboard. All right, you have Harmon, who is five shots ahead of Tommy Fleetwood. Straka, all right, four under. Jason Day is a very popular player, but he's seven back. I mean, you. Seven back is not out of it going into Saturday. But the way Harmon's been playing, I mean, he had a 65 today. He had a 65. I mean, I think he had the low round of the day. He was brilliant today. But, I mean, <clears throat> Jordan Spieth, big name. He's eight back. You know, Roy McElroy's nine back. Those guys are going to have to shoot 65s tomorrow to really be in the hunt on Sunday. But so it's just not that appealing of a leaderboard. But I'll, I'll be watching it. I'll be watching it. Hey, I hope you have a fabulous weekend. Thank you so much for your support. Check out my podcast today if you don't like that on your favorite podcast platform. You can always go to my website grantnapier.com or if you don't like that.com all of my work is on there and you can check it out have a great weekend everybody
1: we'll talk to you next week bye-bye now
2: 18 plus.